0: Oh man, I just, dude, I enjoy listening to you, man. Make me laugh. I love it. It's true though. That's what we're going to be doing. So who's been here all weekend? It's been awesome. If you weren't here, I'm sorry. It was amazing. But you can get the recordings and uh, it'll bless you. Get them in your car. And even you who are here, just keep listening to these things a lot and uh, it'll hopefully encourage you. I just love you guys. Had some of the most special meetings here the last couple of days. Just feeling his heart for you, for the Northwest, and I'm encouraged and I'm refreshed in my heart, and just, uh, just encountering the Lord all weekend, and it's been so sweet. So, good. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 11. Luke 11. <laughs> I want to encourage you guys. We got a few CDs left. I got prayer CDs that will light a fire in your prayer life. Um... This is a little uh, muggy up here. I don't know if it's my ears or something, but could you turn? It may- maybe it's better than now. <laughs> um, i got a few left. If you guys didn't get one of the books or the CDs, you can go to my website and get them. Here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be in Elma, Washington, at Northwa- Northwest Life Center uh, doing weekend. You're literally in two weeks, so uh if you guys want to come to that, come on up there. You can find details somehow, so, you know... <laughs> the. Somehow, you, if you want it, you'll find it. <laughs> I'm going to make it hard for you. So you got to go find it. All right, good. All right, good. Lord, we love you so much. We're so grateful for all that you've done this weekend. We thank you for the impartation and the revelation and the encounter and the activation and the spirit of prophecy that stirred over the last few days. And Father, we just ask you to put your seal upon us this morning. Mark us, God. Whether that we've been here all weekend or we just got here this morning, you know all of our stories and however we got here. Mark us and meet us right where we're at today, Jesus. I ask you to fill this room with the Spirit of Revelation. I ask you to enlarge our capacity. I ask you to strengthen me, Holy Spirit. Strengthen my body, strengthen my mind, and strengthen my spirit. And release your fire upon us, Holy Spirit. We love you, God. We're just so grateful for your mercy and your grace and We ask you that, Lord, just the beginning of 2017, mark us and encounter us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, I want to look at Luke 11. Um, This is what I started talking about yesterday in our little breakout session. This is one of the the, the most formative chapters in my life, and I think it's so profound. I want to read verse 1, and then I'm going to share some thoughts of Luke 11 verse 1. Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I got a couple of thoughts even as I read that first verse. Number one, it says, as he was praying in a certain place. Who in here would have loved to have watched Jesus pray? I mean, to hear God the Son... Talk to God the Father through God the Spirit. I did a, a count one time of all the verses in the Gospels where it says that there, there was around... A, I counted up 175 verses of either Jesus teaching on prayer or Jesus praying Himself. It wasn't a side ministry. It wasn't a, a thing off to the side. But it was the very thing that uh, He did in front of them. And I began to ask myself, saying, Jesus actually prayed in front of His disciples. And I begin to ask myself, we say it all the time in our Bible school, that we want you to see the back of our head in the prayer room twice as much as you see the front of our head in the classroom. And I just want to say that Jesus actually let them watch Him talk to the Father. And I I want to just speak to you as leaders and moms and dads and uh, bosses. And uh, whatever sphere that the Lord has given you, that you would invite those that are around your life into watching you talk to God. That's powerful. So it was the very watching Him, when He got done, that the disciples came to Him and they asked Him a question. Who in here would have loved to have heard Jesus preach? That's what I'm talking about. The Bible says that by the time He was done with the Sermon on the Mount, this is what they looked like. They were astonished. Astonished means mouth hung open. I don't know how to talk. I've never heard any, They said the, they said they've never heard anyone talk with the authority that he spoke with. Oh my goodness! The Sermon on the Mount. Who is this guy? Where'd you get this? What school? What seminary did you go to to get this revelation? they never heard anyone talk this way. Who would have loved to have seen the miracles? Two of you. Blind eyes pop open, deaf ears pop open, dead being raised. 5,000 men, not including women and children, fed from five loaves and two fish. My goodness. Dead being raised, Lazarus coming out mummified. The miracles, the power, the deliverances. Do you know Jesus was a walking demon buster? He was. He did more deliverances than he did anything. He operated in power. It says in Matthew 8 that he cast out spirits with the word. The prophecies, the woman at the well. Matter of fact, you don't have a husband. You've you've had five husbands and you're living with a man. The prophecies, the deliverances, the messages, the miracles. They spent three and a half years with the Son of God. They witnessed His life, shared His morning, shared breakfast, shared dinner, shared late night chats. Saw Him sleeping, saw Him doing everything. And yet we don't see one recorded time where they ask Him, teach us to preach. Teach us to heal. Teach us to deliver. Teach, 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 teach. All of those things are valid. And all of those things are the right expressions. But they connected the dots that Jesus' public life was the result of his private life. You're not hearing this. They go, we want you to teach us to pray. That's what the Son of God provoked in the ones who saw him the most. I've even asked myself as a leader, if I'm not provoking the ones who see me the most, say, teach me about prayer, not teach me about preaching, or teach me about networking, or church planning, or doing this, or doing that. Oh, that leaders could provoke that question in the ones that see them the most. Teach us to pray. I believe it is the foundation from which every other work flows in the kingdom. It's intimacy with God. It's partnership with God. It's government with God. That place, I would encourage you, if you can start getting wrecked with prayer in this season, there's an old writer back in the, eight, in the Civil War times, a man by the name of E.M. Bounds. And he has books called The Collected Works of Prayer. And he will light a fire in your prayer life. I like to say there's A.M., there's P.M., and then there's E.M. It's a joke. And I love it. Jesus says, okay, who wants to learn about prayer? Because we do, teach us. Not just, I, I love it that it's not just the prophet who tells us we need to pray. We all know we need to pray. It's one of those things we mostly feel guilty we don't do enough of. But yet it wasn't enough, I know I need to pray. They said, teach us to pray. Which means take us by the hand and take us into the on-ramps into connecting with heaven. Teach us how to pray. And you can only take people where you've been. You can only take people where you've been. And so Jesus says, okay, write down your shopping list of everything you need me to fix in your life. Okay, write it all down. I want you to write down every need that you need. Heal Aunt Bobby. Save Uncle John. Deliver Aunt Susie. I need money. Release the money. Release the money. Give me the list. He goes, good, good, give me the list. He goes, good, good. I want to read it, read it, read it. He goes, first lesson in prayer. I rip your sheet and your list that you need me to fix in your life. So The first thing we're going to do is I'm going to connect you with the very foundation of prayer, which is more important than what you're asking for, is to whom you're talking to and where he lives. There has been something you've been saying since you were a baby. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. We know that. I said them before football games. We prayed it all the time. Everyone in this room knows that prayer. Most unbelievers know that prayer. And yet it is the foundation of all prayer. Jesus says it's not about your list per se first. It's about connection. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Because however you view God, your list is commensurate to who you think you're talking to. And the faith in which you exist, uh, express, or most of us have it, have the list like this is our trial. God, fix this, and then I'll follow you. Fix these things, and I got you on trial till you break through here. We would never say that. Jesus says, Well, I want to introduce you to someone. I want to introduce you to my favorite person in the whole world and in heaven. Abba. Abba. He goes, I have the most amazing dad in the whole world. And I have come to the earth to share my dad with the whole world. Talk about the greatest adoption movement. Jesus shared his dad with us. The best dad in the whole world. He is the compassionate father. The gracious Father. The Father that doesn't expose you in your weakest places, but embraces you in them. Ha! He doesn't wait for prodigal sons to get back up to the porch. He meets you while you're still a great way off. And He meets you in the middle of it. Ha! Who's grateful for that Father that meets you there? I love the Father that Jesus knew. I want to know the Father Jesus knew. He goes, lift your eyes. I want to introduce you to my Father. He's the compassionate Father. He's the gracious Father. He's the merciful Father. He's the kind Father. Hallelujah. He's the righteous Father. He's the mighty Father. He's the powerful Father. He's the Father who has Genesis 1 on His resume. He measures heavens with the span. He hangs the earth on nothing. He's awesome and He's powerful. Not only is he compassionate, he's holy. He's transcendent. He's far above everything. There's no one like our Father. (laughs) He is rich. God is rich. He's rich in love. He's rich in power. He's rich in wisdom. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in kindness. He's rich in justice. He's rich in righteousness. He's rich. But some of the most richest people I know are some of the most stingiest. Not only is He the richest person you will ever meet, He is limitless in all of His substance. There is no limit to His being. He is an inexhaustible treasure house of goodness. He's an inexhaustible treasure house of love. He's an inexhaustible treasure house. He's eternal, which means there's no beginning and there's no end. He's rich, and he's the most extravagant, hilarious giver you will ever meet. Got three claps on that. (laughs) Okay, good, good, good. Who do you think you're talking to? I was in Switzerland a couple years ago. I was just telling the group that yesterday. We'd flown in the night before. I'm brushing my teeth the next morning, jet lagging, say, what am I going to talk about? He thundered from the mirror. (laughs) He talked to me. Mirror, mirror on the wall. He goes, Who do you think you're talking to? He goes, That's the first issue you've got to begin to deal with when calling people to prayer. Who are they talking to? Because most of us in our mind view a middle class working dad with seven billion children. Because middle class working dads have good hearts and they work hard, but their resources are limited. It's time to smash that idol. That's an idol. You've been worshiping an idol. That's not our Father. That's not the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not the Father of glory, the Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. The God who has red sea splitting on his resume, who has fire by night, cloud by day on his resume. (sighs) So who do you think you're talking to? And the other thing is, who do you think you are? That was the second thing you told me. Jesus says, okay, I want to introduce you. Say, our Father, who art in heaven, holy is his name. Could it be? Where did Jesus get the holy? Because Jesus had been living in Revelation 4 for forever. He goes, there's one word that surrounds Abba's throne, holy, holy, holy. Everyone say, in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I like that, son. In heaven. In heaven. He goes, I want to connect you to a person, and I want to connect you to a place. The place is real. The place is in heaven. And Father is seated on His throne far above every other throne, every dominion, every principality, every ruler, every power base in this world and in the one to come. There is a Father sitting on His throne. And you and I have been raised with Christ and seated together with Him in the heavenly places. We've been raised and seated together. There is a man sitting at Father's right hand. And you and I have been raised with Him and seated there. That's what happened while we were still dead in our sins. Christ died for us, rose us up from the grave, and seated us together with Him in the heavenly places. Beloved, you've been raised. Your spirit man has been raised. Our citizenship is in heaven. Heaven isn't just waiting for you after you die. Heaven is reality now. You've got these shirts that I just love. When heaven meets earth, beloved, it's time for us to wake up to our heavenly reality, our heavenly calling, our heavenly identity, and to begin to live from that place. That is the journey right there is getting connected to in heaven. Revelation 4. Set your mind on things above where Christ is. Where is Christ? He's in here, and he's up there. The two thrones, my spirit and in heaven. And that's what we want is those two to meet. Well, Paul says in Colossians 3, he goes, then take this mind and set it on things above. John G. Lake, you know, the guy from Spokane, Washington, led the healing rooms, was in South Africa, one of my greatest heroes in the faith he had this quote that my wife put on my wall years ago. It just it wrecked me. I was so all about the throne life, getting connected to heaven and living out of that place. And She put my favorite quote up on the wall, and it was this. He goes, he goes I want to see Jesus. And he says, well, don't look to Calvary because you won't find him there. He goes, lift your eyes higher and let the throne life and the throne love and the throne power possess your soul. Until you're a new man in Christ Jesus and your song becomes the song of victory and your march, the march of the conqueror. Beloved, He is seated at Father's right hand. Hallelujah. There is a man in a resurrected body sitting at the right hand of the Father. There's only one man in heaven. Everybody else is disembodied spirits. But there's a man in heaven which means you and I have made it. Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And Jesus says you need to get connected to heaven. Well, brother, you don't want to be so heavenly minded. You'll be no earthly good. you got to be practical. I'm here. I want to make it clear to all of you. You will be no earthly good to anyone unless you get heavenly minded. It isn't a... If it works out for you and for the few weird, side, quirky, prophetic people. I'm serious. That call to getting connected to our heavenly identity is not for quirky, intercessor, prophetic people. It is a biblical command is to let the throne descriptions in the word of God become your meditation. And the Bible has a lot to say about the throne life. You've been doing a Daniel fast. Daniel 7 has the Ancient of Days seated on the throne. And the throne's on fire with a will of fire, a river of fire. In Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel sees Jesus coming down in a tornado. (sighs) (laughs) And he sees Jesus on the throne coming down. And I love Ezekiel's description. From his waist down, he was on fire. And from his waist up, he was on fire. (laughs) the man's on fire (laughs) I'm here to tell you when you begin to connect because that's what Jesus wants to connect us with he says when you pray say Father in heaven holy is your name he's not even talking about making requests yet he goes it's not even about what your laundry list of needs you need It's about who are you talking to and where does he live? Because I promise you, when you connect to that place and when the spirit of revelation comes upon you, there's going to come a prayer that's going to effortlessly break out of you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come in the middle of my marriage, in the middle of my family, in the middle of this business, divine righteousness in the middle of these finances. Heaven break in. And you are a releaser sir, of that which you're encountering. I'm not going to take the whole message on that, but we haven't broke through on that yet. we got to go higher. I want my mind to get filled with divine thoughts of heaven. Hallelujah. Do you know there's coming a real city out of heaven? The Bible ends with a literal city coming out of heaven, and it's not going to float around. It's coming to stay. When two realms become one, two realms are going to become one. Heaven and earth are going to become one in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. We know it well. Father in heaven, holy be your name. Kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive. Da-da-da-da-da. Deliver us from temptation. We could, spend every, we could spend a message on every line of the Lord's prayer. It's powerful. But what I want to hit these last few moments of our message this morning is Jesus, without skipping a beat, saying, you want to learn about prayer? He goes right into a parable. And he goes, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight? Let's read this. And he says, which of you? He, Jesus doesn't stop in answering, saying, we want to learn about prayer. We want to learn about prayer. He goes, okay, then. Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight? Say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Verse 6. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Everyone say, nothing to set before him. Come on. Verse 7. And he will answer from within, and you're going to see four Denials. Do not trouble me, the door is shut, my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give to you. Verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence. Everyone say persistence. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying reading this. Verse 10. Everyone. Everyone say everyone. Okay? Not just pastor or worship leader. Everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Verse 11. Get your seatbelt on. If a son asks for bread... Will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Verse 12, if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Verse 13, so I say to you, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? First off, I really enjoyed reading that. It washes your soul, doesn't it? As Jesus is teaching us about prayer. He's teaching us about prayer. And Jesus says, you've got to understand lesson 101 in your journey in prayer. And Jesus gives us a parable, and you've got to get a hold of this. He goes, okay, disciples, let's think about it like this. One night, you're asleep. It's in the middle of the night. It's midnight. You're asleep, and out of nowhere, an inconvenient emergency comes knocking at your door. And you come to the door and you open it and it's a friend of yours. And Andrew Murray, the great revivalist on prayer said, he, uh, he, he defines this as the world that's coming to the church looking for answers, looking for the bread of heaven, looking for the reality of God. But it can also be those inconvenient emergency circumstances that come knocking at our door in the midst of life. And as you're going to find quickly in the Christian experience, there are going to come emergencies that are going to come knocking at your door, needing immediate breakthrough. And the friend comes to the disciples and says, I need three loaves, I'm in trouble. And the disciples have to encounter a painful revelation. I don't have any. In and of myself, I don't have enough ability, I don't have enough wisdom, and I don't have enough resource to bail myself out of this situation. However, I know someone who told me that I can come anytime, and he will give me as much as I need whenever I ask it. Come with me and let's go on the journey of asking. We begin to knock at the door and in this parable it's the Lord. And we begin to knock at the door and all of a sudden we begin to hear a voice out from the other side and it's the Father saying, Leave me alone. I'm not getting up. The door is shut. Children are with me in bed. I cannot. It's unable. I'm unable to meet your need right now in this urgent hour. And I want to tell you one of the quick things in your journey in prayer are there will be those seasons where inconvenient emergencies. It can be a son that goes off the rocker and he goes into prodigal living and you don't know what to do, it can be a marriage that's on the brink of a divorce. It can be an affair that just shatters things. And what are you going to do when you need breakthrough? When you need a financial breakthrough? When you need salvation to break into a family member? When there's that sickness that has come attacking the family. And there's that emergency that comes at an inconvenient hour. And it wakes you up out of your sleep and it engages you. In the journey of prayer, sometimes there will be emergencies that God will allow to wake you up out of your sleep and engage you in the battle of prayer. But the first revelation that the disciples had is, I don't have any. That is a key revelation. It's that poverty of spirit saying, I'm not smart enough, I'm not wise enough, and I'm not strong enough to bail myself out of this situation. I need help. And it's in that place that we go into the journey of prayer. But who in here, in those kinds of seasons, have encountered when you need breakthrough the quickest, the fastest, and the most, it's almost like there's a brass heavens over you. And the more you ask, there's more setback in your life. Who knows what I'm talking about? I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? What do you do when it seems like God's resisting you? What does it do when there's a brass heavens over you and you can't get breakthrough? When it doesn't matter how hard you pray for that son that's in prodigal living, he goes deeper in it. When you pray for that breakthrough and it gets worse in the natural, what do you do? Jesus tells us what to do in those seasons. He tells us take our stand, drive our feet in, and say, you know what, this thing is going to transcend relationship. It says in Luke 11 that though he won't rise and give to him because he's his friend, yet he will rise and give to him because of his persistence. And he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Which means this, God wants to do more than just meet your immediate need. God wants to blow open doors in your life, run the conveyor belt into your life, and to begin to unleash bread, which is the reality of heaven, and to begin to make you a distributor of the life of heaven, not only into your situation, but in those around you. He will rise and give to him as many as he needs which means you've got an open heaven over your life. You have wrestled through wars that have won battles in the heavenlies and that has made you. Have you ever wrestled with something in God and you get a testimony and a truth of God that you become a distributor of it the rest of your life? Who knows what I'm talking about? Well, I love it. Jesus gives us this parable, and I want to tell you in your journey of prayer, This is where the rubber meets the road because most Christians will get excited about prayer. Saying, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. The need comes, God break in. And it's almost like then the war begins. Then the war begins. And what happens when your eyes and your circumstances may not look like what you thought it was going to look like? What do you do in that moment? Jesus says, this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where breakthrough comes. Are the ones who say, I'm not bailing out of this situation are the fathers that says, I'm not going to put my head in the sand and act like it's not happening. I'm not going to run to the bar and try to anesthetize the pain. I'm not going to run to a bottle or to pills or to this or to that or my work to anesthetize the pain. I'm going to live in the furnace of transformation, and I'm going to knock at that door until the breakthrough comes. Asking, seeking, knocking. I believe it's a progression of intensity. God, would you do it? God, I really want you to do it. God, if you don't do it, I'm going to die. <laughs> and what keeps us in the furnace? What keeps you there? I'll tell you what keeps you there. I know my Father. You are good and you are able. Not only is He good, He's able. And he told us we can come whenever we want. And Jesus puts us in these places where we knock and go, Father, I know who you are. You are good and you are able. God, you're good and you're able. I ain't going anywhere. I'm not going to take the easy way out. I'm not going to bail out and and, and anesthetize the pain. I'm going to live in the furnace because that door will open. And it's not that new language comes. It's the same prayers but at a deeper place. God help. God break in. Jesus gives us the parable and then he looks at all of us and he says, So I say to you, ask, seek, knock. Everyone. He's not a respecter of persons. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He says, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. You know what that means? If you ask for fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. If you ask for an egg, he's not going to give you a scorpion. First off, I've never asked my dad for an egg, but dad, can I give you an egg? Can I, can I get an egg, dad? He goes, yeah, yeah, just close your eyes and open up your hand. He Takes a scorpion out of his back pocket, drops it on you, and it bites you, and you die. What's Jesus saying? He's saying that your father's not some mean, manipulative person. That's not going to give you what you're asking for. He's not the kind of father. You know, we—I I got a six-year-old. We got a 17-year-old daughter. Trinity's over here. I got a 13-year-old daughter, Maya, and a six-year-old Hadassah. And one of our favorite games is playing. I, I used to play it with Hadassah: hide and go seek. And it was awesome. I'd say, "Okay, turn around, count to 10," and I'd just go behind some some furniture where half my body was sticking out. I mean, I'm literally like this. And I go, okay, you count to 10, and you come out, and you can, part, you can see me. And so she comes out. I count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 10. Dad, where are you? I mean, two seconds in. Where are you? And starts running around. And so she'll run on the other side of the house, and what do I do? I start making this noise. <coughs> <coughs> and so she'll turn around and start running over there. And have my body sticking out. I'm going, and she's like right there and can't see me. It's kind of like us with God. I'm right here. The point of hide and go seek with my five-year-old is not to hide so she can't find me. It's to hide so she finds me. And I make it so evident. I release so many breadcrumbs. I'm making it so easy because I'm trying to be found. That's the purpose. I'm not some mean father that says count to ten, and then I go in the backyard and get into a mile-long mine shaft and go into the ground. She'll never find me down here. She'll never find me. <laughs> I'm the best hider ever. Not some jacked-up dad. Three days later, she's tweaking. Her. Where's my dad? I have to get her into some home. I think most of us think God's that way. Like He's hiding and He's always out there where He can't be found. I'm here to tell you He's a good Father. He's a good Father. He's a good Father. And it's the glory of kings. To hide. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. He's trying to draw you out into a deeper place of intimacy. A deeper place of abandonment. A deeper place of searching for Him. And he uses that. He's not going to bring you out and leave you for dead. He's going to answer, if you ask for bread, you get bread. And he says, if you being evil, I love that Jesus looked at all of us and said, you're all evil. Compared to me and compared to my dad, you're all evil, which means this. You have limited capacities. You're flippant. One day you're like this. One day you're like that. One day you're like this. You don't have capacity. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everyone say, how much more? Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Because Jesus sums up the prayer life into release the Holy Spirit. Release the Holy Spirit. Release the Holy Spirit. Every prayer can be summed up in Holy Spirit breakthrough. Holy Spirit break in. Holy Spirit break out. Holy Spirit come. I need more of Holy Spirit in my life. I need more Holy Spirit in my marriage. More Holy Spirit in my family. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Oh, beloved, I want to tell you in this hour give yourself to prayer in 2017. Begin to go on a journey of dealing with strongholds and arguments concerning who you think God to be. He's not a liar, and he's not a manipulator. He's not stingy, and he's not mean. He doesn't have only ones that he gives it to. He says, everyone who asks receives. You might have grown up with a dad. Who liked the older son better because he was the athlete of the family. And you've taken that same reality into your relationship with God. And you've seen that he always has other favorites that he gives to. And you've given the scraps. That thing is a lie from the pit of hell. That thing is a lie from the pit of hell. And you have to deal with that stronghold to revolutionize your prayer life. Because if not, you'll constantly live with def- defensive mechanisms in your life to keep you from fully giving yourself to Father. we got to break strongholds. we got to break strongholds. Constantly living from need to need to need to need. Yes, He wants to heal. Yes, He wants to deliver. And Jesus meets them all. But He says, I want to introduce you to Father. I say to you, He will give the Holy Spirit. Who wants more of Holy Spirit in their life? Some of you have been in three-year battles with certain situations, whether that be a son, a daughter, a marriage, a situation, a relationship that's been at an odds. I want to say to you in this hour that you would come off the field of just trying to not look at it or deal with it, and you would get back into that furnace saying, Father, I here I come again. God, release a breakthrough in that situation. Do what you need to do to make those things right in your own personal lives. Do everything to fight for love and to strive for love. Swallow your pride for 20 seconds so you can enjoy the next 20 years. I'll do that exchange any day. I'll exchange 20 seconds for 20 years. Life's too short. He wants to awaken prayer in this hour, personal prayer, private prayer, public prayer. Reorient your schedules. Go to bed earlier. Wake up earlier. Meet him before everybody gets up or do it after everybody goes to bed. Take lunch hours. Take commutes to work. Get into the, when there's prayer meetings in this place, get with colleagues at work saying, you know what, maybe it works for me and these three guys at work or at school. I promise you, if you begin to plant an altar in your school, plant it in your home, plant it in your business, plant it in your church, you will begin to release a divine corridor for the activity of heaven to break in. You will begin to see the activity of heaven begin to break in upon your life. You're like, I don't know what to say. Just say, Abba, I love you. Thank you that I'm here. Send the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, he will meet you. Oh, we need men of prayer to arise. We need women of prayer to arise. A people of prayer that begin to arise. Oh, guys, I want to tell you, the praying man stops sinning. And the sinning man stops praying. You begin to converse with God, that power of that pornography will begin to break in your life. You won't want to look and defile your spirit because you love communion with God and you love the Holy so much you don't want to defile your spirit anymore with perversion. You want your mind to be filled with divine thoughts. Verses that begin to burn in your spirit instead of images of women and men's bodies and phrases. God wants to deliver you from boredom. He wants to deliver you from the newest sitcom coming out and what's coming out next month on Netflix and begin to awaken a prayer in you saying, God, I want to see my children break through. I want to see my marriage break in. God, come. Will we do it? Will we do it? And what will we do when we hit walls? We won't bail. We're going to stay in the furnace. He wants to bless us this morning. He wants to call us into it. I don't know what it looks like. Just start and don't stop. Jesus' short teaching on prayer is this. Know who you're talking to. Know where he lives. And don't stop. That is the simple call to prayer. Who are you talking to? Where does he live? And don't stop ever. Don't ever stop. Persistence. And don't stop. You don't stop because I promise you he's a good father. And he's going to break in for you. All right, let's, all right, good. Okay, okay, good, good. (laughs) Good. My life is about this, guys. If I could get the whole body of Christ into this, I believe we are going to see the greatest revival of works, and we're going to see the greatest healing movement, deliverance movement, evangelism. The greatest breakthrough in our families, the greatest breakthrough in our marriages, the greatest breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Some of you, your children have cut you off their social media. Maybe they, don't, they blocked your text and your phone calls, but there's a person that can get past their social media blocks and get past their phone texting blocks, and his name is Holy Spirit. You can send the hounds of heaven. After your son or
1: daughter. Amen. I told him he had to let me interrupt him because he just gets going and then it's hard to interrupt him. And then we can't bless him, but we got to bless him. So I want the band up here. Come on quick. And I'm going to ask him to pray for us in a few moments and just send us out. I, I, I don't know. I want more of what's on him. Every one of us need more of what is on Corey. Thank the Lord for the, the furnace of prayer that he's given himself to. Lord, we want it to ignite within us. We want our hearts to change. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 9 and 14, ushers come quickly. If you're not coming, Get rolling. Pass envelopes down every row. Take an envelope. Let's do something to bless this man of God. Here's First Corinthians nine fourteen. So the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. I I really don't want Corey out washing cars at Elephant Car Wash. I, I don't want him. Out sweeping chimneys in Kansas and coming home in his overalls or something. I don't want him working at Denny's flipping eggs. I I want him in the Word. This is we need Corey in the Word. We need him in the prayer room. We need him. We need him on fire because he is called to to light fires all across America. He is a fire lighter. And in the few short years that we've known him, maybe four years, five years, his heart hasn't changed. His message hasn't changed, though there's fresh aspects and it's not repetitive. But there is an ongoing battering ram on our hearts that we need and must give ourselves to prayer that we must give ourselves to this love relationship that we're called to. So I want us to give in to that. I want us to give in to that. If you're in agreement with me that, that this, is, this is where he's called, this is where he belongs, then Jesus has directed those who minister the gospel to get their living from the gospel, meaning that we who receive spiritual food from them, Spiritual challenge, spiritual ignition, and spiritual inspiration should give materially so that their needs are met. Amen? Do something this morning. I don't see you writing yet. I don't want to burn any holes in your, by looking at you, but I don't know why your pens aren't out right now. Your credit cards and debit cards aren't out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Try not to look up. Dim the lights. Let's dim the lights. Let's begin to pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would use us in a mighty way to be a blessing to this ministry, a blessing to Corey, a blessing to his travels, his family, to the International House of Prayer, to Mike Bickle, to the Forerunner School. To the prayer furnace, the 24 7 prayer room, that you will use us, Lord, to partner with them. We welcome, we receive the DNA that He carries, the DNA of prayer and transformation, of seven mountain transformation, and the revival, forerunner revival spirit, the friend. The bridegroom. Let all of this come upon us, Holy Spirit. The house of David and Davidic worship. Those who offer themselves for prayer and to the prayer room, Lord. Let the furnace, let the furnace of prayer. Grow, develop, mature in our midst, Lord. We cast blessing on him and his family, on Trinity, on the children, Lord, on his wife. We just just declare blessing, 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 protection, health, increase, strength. Be granted this trumpet of yours, this alarm clock of yours, this mouthpiece of yours. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, how come the lights are still up? And everybody said, amen.
0: Jesus. Jesus. Let's just stand. Here we are, Lord, right now. Just open up your hands. I believe he wants to touch us today with the spirit of prayer. spirit of prayer that holy communion with heaven Abba some of us have never engaged with God as Abba as Father it's coming a new season in 2017 Abba our Father holy is your name hallelujah just open up your hands all over the room fire spirit of prayer come upon you right now Father, I ask you that you would teach us to pray. You would take every one of us, wherever we're at, God, in life, family, and that you would take us by the hand and that you would teach us how to pray. Holy Spirit, by the Word and by your heart, God, I ask you to teach us how to pray. I ask you for the fire of prayer. I ask you for the groanings of prayer, the persistence of prayer. I ask you for a holy faith to arise at New horizon. I ask you for a holy faith to arise. Release the spirit of prayer right now, God. We are not those who shrink when the midnight emergencies in our life arise. We will not shrink. If that's you and you're saying, God, I need a baptism of the spirit of prayer. I need to be taught in prayer. I need a re-signing up in prayer. We get back into that knocking again, God. Some of you have touched it in other seasons and you lost your way. And the Lord says, I'm calling you back and you didn't lose any time. Others of you have never touched this before. And the Lord says, I'm calling you to it afresh. He wants to light a fire in your prayer life. If that's you, I want to invite you up here right now. We want to pray for you. Come on. Come all the way up. Come all the way up to, this, to the altar. I want to ask right now, and I like that. I want to go back into that right there in a second. I like that piano. Is there anybody in here who doesn't know Jesus? You don't know Him. You don't know His love. You don't know his, his sacrifice that He paid so that you would spend eternity with Him. Is there anybody in here who does not know Jesus? If you were to die today, you don't know where you would spend eternity. Anybody, raise your hand and wave at me. You don't know anybody. Good. Who in here needs more of the Holy Spirit in their life? Well, lift your hands to Him. He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Father, we ask You in the name of Jesus for New Horizon Church in the Pacific Northwest. Father, we ask You to release the Holy Spirit. We ask You for more of the Holy Spirit. We ask You to send the Holy Spirit to every one of our lives and our marriages and our families. God, we ask you for the Holy Spirit to break out. We ask you for a season of salvation and deliverance and healing. A season of breakthrough in finance. A season of breakthrough in relationships. A season of breakthrough. We pray for sickness to be destroyed in our homes. Doors of breakthrough to open. Doors to open. Him who knocks, the door will be open. Who needs a door open in their life? Door breakthrough! Door breakthrough! That's it, that's it. I want you now, the crowd, you begin to lift your voice. Jesus.
1: The fullness of eternal
0: Jesus. Here we are, Lord, right now. Father, we ask you right now to release the Holy Spirit. God, I ask you to save our families. God, we just come before you and we say, God, release healing in our family, healing in our bodies. And God, we ask you right now for the spirit of revelation to touch us. We just say you're a good father. Everyone say you're a good father. You're a good father, and you're able. Oh, oh, yeah. Fullness
1: of eternal promise, stirring in your sons and daughters.